Hey, this is Joel Kamm, New York Times bestselling author and creator of the number one bestselling iFart Mobile. You're listening to the App Guy podcast with Paul Kemp. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. It's me, your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and um, it's going to be a really pleasurable journey for me today because I get to chat with uh, someone who I really highly recommend that you go and check out because he, he's got an app journey that I think we're all going to resonate with. His name is Chris Bishaw, and he is the uh, founder of Cozy Apps. Chris, uh, I'm just so pleased that you could actually join us on the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul, uh, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Well, um, as I said in the pre-chat, I'm a little bit intimidated because you listen to the show and uh, I'm, I'm obviously very grateful that you, you do that. And so you'll know that I, I would love to hear a little bit about uh, you as you know your personal um, experience and, and how you ended up developing the uh, Cozy apps. Sure. Well, um, I have a day job, a you know, regular nine to five. It's a uh, uh, it's actually a job with um, with my family. It's a family business, and um, so I have you know a lot of flexibility there. I make a um, good salary. It's uh, in the insurance industry, which I'm not uh, quite fond of. You know, I'm not an insurance guy. I'm more of a programmer guy. But I uh, I took you know one programming class in college at university, and um, you know I, I liked it, but that wasn't. The direction I was going in at that time, you know, I was I was going into marketing and business and things like that, and um, worked for one company out of college, and then in 2000 I uh, started working for my um, the our family agency. And anyway, when the iPhone came out, um, really really loved it and uh, purchased an iPod Touch the first chance I you know could scrape up the money to get one. And um, then when the SDK came out, you know, I said, hey, I, I just want to get on this and see what I can learn. So that was, you know, so I started learning to code in early 2009. And I really, when I started, I, I really didn't know anything about code. I mean, taking one Pascal class in college wasn't, you know, anything that was helping me. So uh, I do have kind of that programming brain, I, I think, that way. So um, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to do this. So it was a real struggle, and I um, bought some books, of course, and there's some great books out there, you know, and, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, even, even back then, there were some good tutorials online, and um, so I worked through those and went through the iTunes University, the, uh, I think it was a Stanford uh, class, uh, but I'd get halfway through that and then get stuck on, on just hard problems and issues and things like that that I, I would get, uh, I don't know, I just, I'd, I'd get stuck on something and I'd get I take weeks off, and at one point I took, I think, six months of not even looking at, at any code at all. You did better than me because I actually did probably the first two videos and then just gave up on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and actually, we have had an episode, I think one of the earlier ones, where the guy, uh, developers, suggested that you know people shouldn't start there. They may be better off going to lynda.com or you know, they'd, get, they'd learn yeah. a lot more. It's a bit easier. Well, I think looking back that... Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot more resources out there right now than there was then. But even now, if I were starting out, um, well, I'll I'll just kind of fast forward a little bit. Uh, you know, so I I did did all this and I tried and I tried you know these different options and finally, 
I uh, had an idea for an app, and I'd had the idea from the beginning because I knew it'd be a fairly simple app, but um, uh, it might be something that I could do. And uh, it was a, uh, there wasn't anything like it on the App Store. It's a celebrity mugshot app, and it's basically like uh, the smoking gun, you know, keeps, uh, has a page for all the celebrity mugshots whenever they're arrested. So finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to start making this happen, you know, because I'm not getting anywhere with tutorials because I just, I, I learn stuff, but I just keep hitting walls and I just, I think I was spending way too much time trying to learn it rather than just diving in and, and uh, you know, getting, getting something going. And I tell you what, when you, when you first dive in on something, you, it just, you just get motivated because uh, every time you hit a milestone, whether that milestone is just getting a table view running with a list of, you know, your, your, your da data, you know, it, it's just really, uh, it really motivates you and gets you going. And, uh, so yeah, so I just kind of worked on that and, um, it just, every time I hit a little milestone, you know, I think, I think that's what separates somebody that, uh, is trying to learn to, to program, but maybe, maybe it's not for them. Maybe they should be hiring people to program and, and going about it that way. Because if whenever you're, programming and learning when you hit those little milestones if that's not just a really great feeling for you and it really motivates you and really makes you want to get going you know then then you're probably going to be a programmer because that's what it takes and what I've done with my apps is every app that I uh, work on I try to add something to it a framework that I haven't learned before whether it's you know a collection view or whether it's the map framework or or whatever, I try to learn. You know, uh, I just added iCloud to one of my apps uh, recently. You know, things like that. So um, that's kind of, uh, in short, my story of how I got to my first app and built that and released that. So I think that started selling in 2011, the Celebrity Mugshot app. So um, I guess that's kind of um, uh, my short uh, summary of of my journey to that and. And um, I have been, uh, just to give you a, an idea of, of how that works with, with working, I do have some flexibility at my job where if I'm caught up on everything, I do have some time to program. So, um, you know, maybe in 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I've got all of my work done. I might have an hour or two that I can program unless I get a phone call or, or something comes up, of course. So um, I have been balancing that with working at home. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first of all, this is going to be exceptionally exciting for anyone listening with, who is on the same journey as you. We, we do have uh, part of the Appster tribe who are currently studying to be an app developer, uh, going and taking those courses. And uh, so I think that, you know, the things that you're feeling and going through uh, will be uh, good to share amongst us. And so I'm going to pick you up on, I think we... You mentioned in the pre-chat that you had four tips for... Oh, yeah. Uh, so let's go through those because, uh, again, we want to learn from you uh, how we can do this. Uh, and we're learning from you that you can do this in the park time. You could you could dip your toe in the water or even fully dive in and, and use all the free hours. As far as uh, dipping your toe in the water, you know, the advice I would give to anybody looking to do that or quit their job or whatever is... Yeah, it's okay to take risks, but do have a plan. Um, if you're a single entrepreneur that's planning on doing everything yourself, you're not going to be able to pull in the type of salary you would need to even survive or support a family. Um, and I, I just say that just to kind of be blunt about it. I mean, I think I've made about ten grand overall, 
in the App Store, ten thousand uh, U.S. dollars, and um, you know, I, mean, I think I made about six or seven last year. So my my uh, I'm going up, but obviously that's not anything to support my family. Now, if I were to uh, quit my job and go full time uh, app development, I would definitely diversify. I would be consulting. I would probably do some reskinning, uh, which I haven't ever done. I've always created all my own apps. Um, I would definitely uh, be looking at a lot of different um, avenues. You know, if you're just a single app developer like me, I know that if I want to take the next step, that I uh, have to partner up with people. I have to uh, uh, diversify and look at other ways to make income. So uh, that being said, um, I just wanted to give a few tips of things I've kind of learned in uh, my app store travels, so to speak. Because I've I've had a, a few niche apps that um, you know were in review. I had one niche app that was in review for thirty days. Um, just uh, some odd things. So uh, my first tip was uh, to be one of the things that you can control in your app is to be able to change the price. You know, Apple doesn't let you even change screenshots anymore without a new build. Um, you can change your description, you can change your price, and that's kind of about it. So uh, one example that I had was I may I have a, a I had an app that was 99 cents. It's a uh, it's a fake caller app. So basically, uh, it was inspired by my daughter, which is another. Um, your your kids are a good good uh, source of app ideas, by the way. Um, and uh, basically, what you do is she wanted uh, the singer Adele to call her. And of course, there's apps on the App Store that let you set up a fake call where it looks like somebody's calling you. But they were all kind of crappy. So um, I thought, well, this is a good little niche that I could maybe make a little bit of money in. So I am um, I made the app and uh, I had it priced at. I think 99 cents and it, it was doing okay on the app store and um, then I made it free for like three or four days and just I think download shot up to like 1200 1500 a day well then I change it back to 199 uh, which before it was 99 cents so I change it back to $1.99 and uh, I pretty much doubled my revenue for a few months and it's still revenues much higher than it was before um, so I think the word of mouth uh, from that app uh, with people that were getting it for free um, really helped uh, get, you know, because $1.99, you know, you don't hear that in the App Store world. you got to have a free app or it's not going to sell. So um, whenever you're pricing your apps and thinking about free versus paid, you know, a lot of people will tell you, oh, don't even bother with paid, but that's where I make all my money. In-app purchase is okay for me in some circumstances, but I've always made all my money from uh, uh, paid apps, and that might change in the future, but uh, it's still a viable option, especially when you have a, a, a good app that there isn't a lot of competition for, so to speak. So uh, that would be my first uh, kind of tip. Well, okay, Chris, I'm taking up uh, your advice right away. I'm just actually, uh, as we're speaking, going into iTunes Connect and making one of my apps for free. <laughs> so this is, this is really valuable. <laughs> hey, you know, just try it. T turn the App Store into a, a playground for just experimenting. You know, I mean, what's it? It's not going to hurt you to turn your ninety-nine cent app that's making you know two dollars a day free for for a week and see what happens. You know, like I did another experiment where I I changed the dollar ninety-nine fake calling app to ninety-nine cents for Labor Day weekend, and I thought I'm just not I'm not going to advertise it anywhere. I'm just going to change it and see what happens, and nothing happened. So <laughs> I just put it back to what it was, and sales didn't change. So you know, you, you just experiment. So um, that is something that you can do. 
And, uh, you know, I just think that it's, you know, uh, something that everybody should be looking at uh, as far as uh, what, you know, to try to price your app at double the price for a week and see what your downloads are, what your sales are. Because if your sales are the same, then that's less support you have to give for your app because half the people are buying it. And, but you're still making the same revenue, you know. So um, one thing about making your app free is uh, it comes with a lot of support. You know, you are going to have people emailing you all the time. In the case of my fake caller app, it seems to be a lot of 13-year-old girls that don't understand how to use it. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. actually, that's a very good point. And uh, I just I think that we've never really talked about that on this show, which is the um, amount of time that could be sucked up by offering something for free and then getting all the uh, questions and answers. So uh, that's really useful thoughts. And, and so you have, th- what, three more tips then, I guess, to go through and Yeah, I'll go through them real quick here. Um, the the first uh, the the second one is to build on your current apps. Um, This is kind of a form of reskinning, and this is from a perspective of somebody that builds their own apps. So I, like I said, I don't buy other apps out there and reskin them. I I did do that once for a quiz app because I just didn't want to do the plumbing for the the quiz part of it. But um, so I took my fake caller app, and in about a day, I uh, uh, branded it as a Santa is calling app and just I, I got on Fiverr and hired um, voice actors to do the Santa voice and I did an elf um, and you know just bought bought some stock holiday images uh, it took me like I said it took me about a day I threw it up on the app store at 99 cents and I think I made about fifteen hundred dollars um, last December on it in uh and like you know it's about a day's work it's probably <laughs> it's the only time I felt like I've ever been paid like a real programmer, you know, <laughs> because I actually made some money for my 10 hours of work, right? And uh, uh, But leverage what you have already. So if you have an app that, you know, uh, and we've all seen that, you know, you, you see, you know, 10 apps that look like the same app because somebody's just bought a skin and changed them a little bit. But um, you can do that, uh, I think, tastefully and, um, you know, make it a, a genuine a- different app that has a, that you know you don't just look like you're changing a couple of little things and and trying to sell it separately you yeah. know and so if anyone's interested in the reskinning part of this tip then i suggest going back and listening to one of the past episodes with gabriel Macherette. Uh, he reskins something in the region of 500 per month so uh, and uh, yeah it's uh, obviously a very lucrative um, idea the the seasonal aspect of the app because it was a Santa app and you wouldn't want to spend a lot of time working on something that would just be, be very seasonal. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. and that yeah, exactly. It runs right into my my third tip, which which is uh, think about things that you can leverage for the holidays. Um, the crazy thing about the Santa app is is I'm I still make about a dollar a day on it. So if somebody's still having fun in in July on you know Santa calling them, but. You know, I guess kids, you know, Christmas, at least in the U.S., is such a, a big deal for kids that, you know, I, I could see that being something, well, is Santa coming for Christmas this year, you know, and, and so I get a few downloads out of it. But, you know, uh, so, yeah, look at holidays. Uh, you know, that can be that can be tough, but um, if you can find something that's, um, you know, might sell over the holidays, you know, you, got a, you have a better chance at maybe being featured by Apple you have um, uh, people that are obviously just searching for Christmas apps, you know, around that time, or, or Halloween apps, or Fourth of July, or whatever. So, 
that was another idea. And, um, you know, the, the last one's kind of just in general, just, uh, if you're, if you're looking for an app idea, you know, un unless you really have something ambitious and a team going, um, you know, don't, don't make the next, you know, photo sharing app, you know, I mean, find an un underserved niche, find something that's out there that is not, uh, there, there, there's always going to be apps for what, you know, if you, if you get an app idea, if you search the apps, or you're always going to find apps that pretty much do that. But, you know, if you, when you start finding, um, when you have an app idea and you start searching and you find a bunch of apps that do that, but kind of stink or look really bad or, you know, don't have any reviews, <clears throat> haven't been updated in a year or two, those are the, that's when you've got an app idea that you can work with and you can start saying, okay, what could I do with this app? Uh, you know, I, um, I'm also really big into, uh, right now just get your and you've talked about it on your podcast before just get your minimum viable product out there and see what what it can do you know um just kind of put together what you can um you know obviously make sure it looks nice make sure it runs correctly make sure it's it's a a, a good app but don't throw all kinds of features into it whenever you don't even you know you can spend three days trying to figure out how to implement you know iCloud or something like that and why do that whenever you don't even know if anybody's going to download the app, you know? get See if you can get some downloads first, and then you can add those, obviously, as updates as you go. So um, that that would be, I guess, uh, a fifth tip. So th those are kind of the things that I was... With, that I was thinking about. Well, thank you, Chris, throwing in a sneaky little fifth tip there. That's uh, <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah, giving right. us more more to go on. These, these are really good. I mean, you, you've obviously listened to the show, and then you realise that we haven't gone. Um, you know, we haven't really gone into a lot of detail about how to use the App Store. We're talking about the Apple App Store here, and uh, I know that Google Play, uh, just for the apps to drive, is is something you can't play around with free and. Um, and paid as soon as you make your decision to be free it's got to be free and that's it you can't change it and so that's why you make use of the apple the fact that you can change it from free to, uh, to uh, and also uh, uh, we've learned a lot in the past as well about the promo codes and being able to uh, issue new promo codes every update and uh, issue them almost before the app has been uh, actually approved to go into the app store you still get the promo codes coming out prior so that could be useful for the launch so this is all valuable stuff and also i just want to say thank you for being so open and genuine with regards to your journey because you know often we we do speak to successful entrepreneurs and startup founders and and everyone thinks they can emulate their success and what i've learned in my journey is that it, it can't take an idea and just emulate that and copy that success because whatever made that successful was the right time the right ingredients uh, you know, for the WhatsApp, for the Instagram. And so uh, my feeling is I totally agree with you. Pick a, a niche that is underserved and focus on that and focus on other ways of, of actually bringing awareness to the app. Um, have you ever paid for pay, paid ad, ads to uh, attract uh, downloads to your... I to have. Uh, I've done Facebook install ads. I did that for the Santa's Calling. I don't think it helped at all. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's my budget. You know, I'll, I'll throw $50 to do it. And and, uh, you know, I haven't ever had any luck as far as, because I, I do have uh, analytics to track that in my apps. And, uh, you know, it never, you know, paid for itself. You'd get a few clicks, but, you, well, you'd actually get a lot of clicks. But anytime anybody on Facebook clicks an app and it's paid, uh, they just, you know, I think ignore it. So um, I, I didn't have particularly any luck with that. I've, I've had um, not much luck, you know, reaching out to the press. I've had apps 
that I will reach out and do everything, you know, and do a lot of research and, uh, you know, send out press releases to tons of sites and all do as much as I can and not gotten anything out of it and then release an app without any fanfare and it's making money, you know. So it, it, I guess it's just kind of a your miles may vary type of thing, but I definitely think that, you know, reaching out to the press is a good idea and um, if you can develop that secret sauce for a particular app, you know, that's what it takes. You know, it, it's, uh, it, sometimes it's kind of like a magic bullet, you know. It's like, um, uh, it's like the Flappy Birds type uh, idea, you know. It's just, th- that's why I'm, I try to be realistic about it. You know, I, I guess uh, to, to summarize it all up for me anyway, I got into doing this to make some money on the side and um, hoping that eventually it might turn into a full business for me. And right now, you know, I make a good salary on my nine to five and I'm making extra money. You know, I take my family out to eat every week if I want to on, on everything that I make. And, and, um, I think it, you have to set your level of expectation. I mean, if you, if you hate your job and you're really wanting to get out of it, then, you know, you can do this on the side and build the tools. You know, uh, I, I know that if I lost my job, today, you know, if my, my family's business, you know, went bankrupt today, that I could go out and get myself a job as a, as a, um, app developer for at least the same salary as I'm making right now. So I've, uh, not only have I made money on my apps, I've also, um, taught myself to program and taught myself something that's a very valuable, uh, trade commodity out there you've given yourself an insurance stuff. policy chris yes i have right? <laughs> which is a backup there skill set that uh, yeah, yeah. Could, so, could do you quite but, well should the uh, insurance um, yeah yeah, yeah so, market so blow get, up so as you're in your in your journey don't 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 be looking at other other developers saying hey look at that guy he's he's making tons of money on that app or he's getting all these downloads you know i'll never you know i, I if i'm not doing that i'm a failure well not necessarily it just depends on what you're what your uh, level is of, of success, you know, and, and just work on building it and go from there, you know? Yeah. And I totally resonate with what you're saying is just work on your skill set because you never know in the future where that may end up. And uh, I, I actually never envisaged, envisaged when I launched this podcast that I'd be on episode 154 with, you know, speaking with you, Chris, about this subject. And it's just, I've obviously improved as I've done this more and more. And it's like anything in life, the more you do something, the better you get. And I'm sure you're a much better app developer than you were in 2009. So Exactly, uh, yes. Um, now, as you know, that we do have a couple of uh, regular type of things that we ask uh, our guests. And in the last five minutes or so, uh, I thought, why not ask you if you have any new app ideas? You sound like somebody who's going to have a lot of app ideas. Uh, do you have any new app ideas uh, that you're able to share with us? And uh, as you know, if not, then we do have another way of getting out of you. Sure, sure. Well, and um, I'm not going to take credit for this. And if I would have had time before the show, I would give credit to who had uh, posted on Twitter. But I read a quick blog post about ideas with the new uh, Apple Watch and the ideas you could, uh, some some app possibilities. And um I, uh, they had mentioned a, uh, an app to teach you how to drive to get the best mileage because the uh, Apple Watch is going to have a pulse feature. And you could couple that with an iPhone app that, um, you know, more kind of almost like a speed limit type app. But what it would is the two apps would work together where uh, it would teach you how to, you know, stay off of your 
brakes and not accelerate too fast and get the best mileage for your car, whether you have a, a hybrid or just a regular gas guzzler or whatever. And uh, I really thought that was a very interesting idea. And I think the iWatch is, or the Apple Watch is just really opening up a lot of, a lot of things that are possible. You know, as I, far I'm as almost tempted to launch yeah. a, a podcast dedicated to the uh, smart smart watches and uh, and uh, so just on that that it is so coincidental that uh, we've had a recent episode 148 with uh, Paul Vega and he is uh, the, uh, um, the I guess the co-founder of uh, a large company 200 people plus and they have a driving app uh, called is that Flow. The guy? Uh, it's called Flow and uh, oh, okay. and I've put him in touch with the guy from Dash. Uh, who's Brian uh, Langle, and he's got a driving app, and so they're they're kind of communicating. And so, if you're excited listening to this, if you're excited about the idea of an Apple Watch and uh, having a driving feature, and I, I I think we can do some stuff here, really, because uh, we've got past guests that have uh, Apple uh, um, iPhone apps that are driving related and and it was exactly that it was exactly those features uh how to improve your driving when you when you uh save so much in mileage because of your accelerating you get a reward yeah exactly and um, to have that on the watch that's pulsating like next to you so you don't even have to look at your what yeah, your it, smartphone it and crash yeah yeah exactly so i i think that there's a lot of possibilities there and and uh, I, you know, I commute, um, I have a long commute, so I spend a lot of time in the car and I'm always trying to think of well, what app could I do to make this easier, you know, so. Well, if you think about it, a smartphone is the worst thing you could have in the car because uh, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you can't do anything with it. You're supposed to be driving. And uh, I know exactly. that uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening have to question their own habits of driving and the fact that I'm sure they're looking at their phones uh, rather than looking at the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So, oh, I mean, that just could generate loads of ideas. I mean, the fact that maybe at some point it can identify that you're on the road and if you're falling asleep at the wheel, it can uh, vibrate, you know, extremely. It will check your heart rate. And if your heart rate uh, goes into kind of sleep mode, then it can uh, wake you up. It could save lives. Definitely. Yeah. That, it's good. Well, I mean, you know. I want to build this, Chris. I really do. <laughs> let's, let's build it. Well, the Apple Watch, the uh, I watch frame you you or watch kit or whatever they're going to call it um it, you know it's like it's a new it's a whole new framework and it's it, it's it could be a little bit like the gold rush you know depending upon the success of the apple watch but frankly i don't think the apple watch is going to fail but um you know so that just says that there's there's opportunity there and if um if you're on the ball and first out with with some apps even if they're not the greatest apps you know the apps on the first iPhone weren't the greatest, that's for sure. So, um, you know, it's something to really consider as far as uh, uh, what you're spending your time developing on. Yeah, and I'm just going to have to run over on this show because I can't help but talk about the fact that the Apple Watch is, uh, it's almost like it gives you that feeling of when we first had the iPhone. Uh, Because I actually did not specifically think it was going to be that good and I wasn't actually that interested until the recent presentation and uh, they got me really excited because just going through all the features in the apple way they do uh, it, it made it sound like a device that i r- really did want to get hold of so uh, I, I think it's going to be exciting and, uh, and and actually they need to do something to uh, you know get us all excited again about a new device 
Um, so, so in the final uh, few minutes, uh, are you able to give us a, a good app that you use and you don't think... Uh, actually, you're the p- perfect person to ask because of the fact that you've listened to a few of the past shows. You may now know of an app that you know hasn't been mentioned. Sure. Um, I don't think that Overcast has been mentioned. Um, it's the new podcasting app, app by uh, Marco Arment, and um, I'm really liking it. I, of course, commute a lot, and it has a couple of features that are that are really good that aren't in other uh, podcasting apps. And I appreciate that, you know, he puts an app out that, you know, uh, is very good quality and he doesn't, he doesn't try to throw a bunch of ads in it. You know, he, he's a uh, very respectful of the user, which a lot of apps aren't, you know, and, um, uh, so that, that would be the, the big app. And then, um, the thing that I use every day is uh, mailbox, which they were purchased by Dropbox a while back. And I really like how they manage email, um, both uh, on my iOS device, and they also have just released beta of a, uh, a Mac app. So um, it, it, the the killer feature in it for me is that I can say, "Hey, don't show me this email until tomorrow morning." So if it's the weekend, I can swipe it and say, "Hey, show me this email Monday morning," because I don't want to deal with with it until then. So those are my two apps that I really like. I love Mailbox. I use it every day. Uh, as yeah. for Overcast, uh, I'd love to know. <laughs> Would you be able to tell us how you set that up? So do you listen to things on double speed? Uh, I believe that there's a feature where it misses the pauses out, which gets you through the podcast a lot quicker. I listen at about like 1.6, and then I remove the pauses. And you can really blow through podcasts that way. And it takes, you know, at first it takes your ear a little bit of training. But after that, you know, you can pretty pretty much catch everything. So... Um, and what I, I learned as well, as Chris, is I believe you have to download the episode to get that feature to work, the, the missing the pauses. Yeah, he um, basically, iOS 8 uh, has some frameworks that uh, Marco can use to um, uh, do, some, do streaming where he can still implement those features, but iOS 7 did not. So um, that's something that uh, I'm sure he'll be releasing with the iOS 8 release coming up. But yeah, you're right. It currently is a download off your Wi-Fi or over your your uh, cell connection and then listen to it once it's completely downloaded so yeah so I just want to challenge all the listeners right now to just stop using the default podcasting app by Apple I just literally opened it up to share a link and it crashed and uh, (laughs) you know it's just a it's not a good app and so go and download Overcast Uh, those apps and all the the things that we're mentioning are at theappguy.co just go and search for the episode 154 with Chris B. Shaw Chris, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I'm so grateful that you shared those tips, your journey, being so open and frank with your, uh, you know, your downloads and your success and painting a, a, re- a good picture of realization for us in, in terms of setting our expectations and uh, of what we can expect from the App Store. Yeah, and, and you know, with everything I've said, hey, you might... Uh you might come out with the app that makes you a millionaire too. So, you know, it, that, that possibility is there. So, you know, it, it, you just have to be realistic. Well, you know? we've already made a millionaire by sharing that, that driving <laughs> app for the Apple Watch. So there you go, right? <laughs> hopefully we'll get something back on that. Chris, how, how best can people reach out and connect with you? Um, probably just uh, the cozyapps.com or uh, I'm on Twitter. It's at C-D-B-E-S-H-O-R-E. Great. Uh, Wonderful, Chris. Uh, Have a pleasant uh, commute to work today and uh, good luck on uh, your apps and let us know if there's anything we can do to to help with the next launch of your your next app. Well, thank you. I I definitely appreciate the podcast um, and I hope you keep it going. 
thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 